Oh, that's kind of what Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. So I think we'd just go do that. And uh, so we had left a church where we had been for six years. And it was an awesome service because at that time when you start out, you just start out with you and your family and that's it. And uh, so we had one young lady, Stacy White at that time, uh, who came with us. She was one of our, the teens from our youth group there. And so she came and she was with us for the first three years and helped us with our kids and that. And was just a real blessing. <clears throat> but on that Sunday, Pastor Sue was playing the piano. Most of you didn't know she does that, but she plays the piano. And so she was the piano player. I was the drummer and the lead singer, and that was our worship team. And uh, so while... We're doing worship, and she's playing, and we're in the conference room. It's, it's the super, it was the Super 8, whatever it is now, and, uh, but, but it, uh, so we're there, and, and uh, it's just like down the hall. It's about from here to the end of the hall from the lobby, just down the hall to the conference room. So while she's playing the piano, the phone rings in there, and it's the people at the front desk wanting to know if we're having church in there. And people are trying to, and it's like, well, duh, you rented us the room. <laughs> but like, so she's playing, and she's like, what? And she's like, hanging up the phone, and we ring, she'd hang it up, hang it up. And so, oh, that was awesome. And uh, so, you, know, you never know what you get. But uh, so today, in true form, I was, uh, I, I, I have my Kindle app on my book, and so I was pulling up this quote uh, that's in a book by A.W. Tozier, and I was looking for it, but then also because... Uh, our iPhones are synced to this. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in service reading, and my wife sends me a text. So I didn't get a phone call, but I did get a text from her. <laughs> and wanting to know if we have ant spray, like I'm just going to like depart. What, am I, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, to do. Here, yes. Have the phone, yes. Okay, I'm out. So that's cool. So in 25 years, not much has changed except we have a lot more beautiful people here with us today enjoying the experience. We're so glad that you are here. Amen. God is good, praise the Lord, and then we are, as Sean said, we're so thankful for uh, all of you and helping, and we've come a long ways, baby, praise the Lord, and uh, thankful for all that. Let me do this quickly, if we can, if the ushers will help me, if you would pass out, if you didn't get one of these last week, we are looking to uh, make some changes, and we're planning on it coming up September 21st is a national back to church Sunday. And so we've been contemplating adding back an early service to uh, what we do and having either a 8.30 or a 9 o'clock morning service, first service. And because uh, at this time during the summer, maybe some of you have plans right after church, you go, man, this is kind of cramping my style and stuff. So if I could come to the nine o'clock service, it would do it, whatever. So we're looking at that. So this is just a survey card. If you just take a few moments and fill this out, and then we'll have the ushers collect them in a few moments. Just, you can, if you want to put your name on there, you can if you don't. But just circle the pertinent area uh, information that applies to you on your age, any comments you had about the weekend services, midweek service changes, and then any midweek week suggestions that you would have and to check that out but we just want to uh, get as much information as we can from you and making our decisions on what we do in that amen and uh, so that greatly helps us in that regard and uh, very exciting and uh, our goal is on the first service is that praise the lord so if you fill those out i'm gonna ask the usher just to pass some offering containers and collect those and while they're doing that if you open your bibles up to john chapter 17 and uh, we'll move on. That's still, praise the Lord. Then while you're doing that, if you'll make sure that uh, we're ready to go on the CD, praise the Lord. 
Amen. John chapter 17, and if you would begin with me in verse 1, and I've been on this little series on the God who helps, and the more I think about it, and even this morning in worship, I'm just thinking, why, why go preach the gospel? Why do this? Why wouldn't I just stay uh, in construction? I'm a journeyman cement finisher by trade. I have skills. I can do other things to make a living. And, uh, but why do this? Because the message of the gospel is what man needs. And I could come over and pour you a nice patio, but you need something better than a patio. Your, your life needs more than just stuff. We need, man was created for God and, and, and understanding God and who he is. And, and God is the answer to man's problems, nothing else. And our knowledge of God and who he is and his heart towards us and even why he created humanity is so important. And uh, so I've been trying to convey how much God, the last few weeks, about how much God is on our side, how much God desires to help you where you are and in every situation. That just, if, if we just ever get that, God is on your side. And, and like I heard it said, you've heard me say it before, if, if we just get our theology narrowed down to something very simple, God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. Amen. So everything good, James just simply wrote and said this. In James chapter 1, every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father. Everything else comes from the devil and the fall and everything else. People go, well, why does God let this happen? God didn't let things happen. Man, you and I live in a fallen world. We, we live in a world and all of cre- the Bible says that all of creation is crying out for redemption. The earth is waiting to be redeemed. The earth is under the weight of the fall and that. But, and so there's just things that happen. God isn't doing that. But on that other part, there are also things that, that you know, it's kind of like for me, and uh, we, we see different things from time to time. We hear about natural disasters. I'm kind of like this. If you live by the river and it floods every year, you know, common sense would just say move to higher ground. Instead of going, why did God let this happen? If you live in Tornado Alley and you lose your trailer every year, common sense would be build something stronger than a trailer and move out of Tornado Alley. I'm just saying. And, and, and then part of that is, well, it seems like so much, there, there's so much more. We're seeing so much more. That's because there's so many more people. There used to be 12 people that lived in Oklahoma. Now there's over 12 million. And so when tornadoes went through there, they just like mowed the grass. Now they suck up everything in the past. How many know what I'm saying? And so God is getting the blame for natural events and in natural places and doing things. And, you know, every year we have hurricane season. And then when the devastation comes, people go, how come God lets this happen? He doesn't. You live where it happens every year. I kind of question God sometimes. Why did you make us so dumb? (laughs) You know, you could like breathe a couple more times. Breathe with the breath of life. You could have put the breath of knowledge. Amen? But then we get over the gifts of spirit and we get like a word of knowledge. Some people, that's all they've ever had in their life. One word. 
I've been camping. I've been thinking too long, just quietly the last few days. So just, yeah. Amen? But in doing all that, God is on our side. He is so good. He is a great God. He loves us. Amen? God loves us. And so knowing God and knowing who He is, but if I don't have a right understanding of who God is, I won't have a right understanding about anything, especially life as a whole. John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven. This is Jesus praying. This is what we call his high priestly prayer. This is the last prayer he prayed before he was betrayed. So while he's in the garden, when you're reading him in the garden in Gethsemane, when he's in intercession, part of how he's praying this prayer is when he's in there isolating himself. And it's recorded in that by John Forrest. And Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Verse 3. And this is eternal life. Everybody please look up here. There's no mention in here of a sinner's prayer. You say, how do you know I'm saved? I prayed a prayer. That isn't what Jesus said. He didn't say you're saved because you prayed a prayer. Jesus said, this is eternal life. How many know, as Eli said, the one who went to the cross might know what he went to the cross for and how it works. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. Everybody say, the only true God. That they may know you, the only true God. That's it. There is only one true God. There are not a lot of other gods. Eli mentioned it. We have tolerance today. So we encourage people to go to your church or your synagogue or your house of worship or whatever. We have recovery programs that want you to believe in a higher power, which means you get to imagine the higher power in your brain. Let me just help you with that thought right there. That if your reasoning process got you to the place where you're in a recovery program, now you're supposed to create a higher power in your reasoning to get you out of it, you might want to think higher than that. Are we doing all right? So, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sin. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you when? Before the world was. So Jesus is praying to be restored back to the union with God and the restoration. Last week we talked a little bit and, and over this time about the God who, who, who helps in that and trying to understand God in his triune nature that he is a, 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 a three-in-one God. He's the three attributes of God or the three uh, distinctive ways we see God. We'll see it just a little bit more here in a minute. But sometimes, and even I sometimes in trying to uh, explain uh, how God works and, and, and what this means, we're just before the foundation of the world because Ephesians 1, we read it, that God chose us before the foundation of the world. And Jesus was... was sent to redeem us before the foundation of the world. And so it's, sometimes if we don't get it right, we kind of get the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in a huddle. And they're calling the play, and then they go, okay, break. And then they all jump out and go and act the play. But it's not like God doesn't confer within himself. It's not three separate entities. God is. 
And in Him He is, and we see the expression of Him. But anytime you see any aspect of God, whether it is the Father, the Son, the Holy, it is all of all three at all times in one. And so you can never, and, and that's part of what's happened to us in the church today is that we have broken God up. But come here, uh, Tony, come here real quick. So we've broken God up like this, and so t- Tony w- w- will, be, uh, w- will be the father because he's the oldest of the three. <laughs> now, 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 wait, now, just stay with me. It's not a joke. He's, I'm, he's barely older than me, but he is older. So anyway, but, but, but we think of God as the old guy. So the Father is the old guy, and now I'm older than Buck, so the Holy Ghost and the Father, we're, we're more like the same A, but, but, but Buck is the son. And so we got the young dude, the old guy, and the old spirit. Okay? And these three get together in a huddle. Okay, we're going to run 235X left. Break! Break! Okay? And so then we're out, and we all go about our business, and, and then if it doesn't work, we come back together. Okay, it's not working. The guys, they're not getting it. We need to huddle again. Now, just think, but, but see, what we've done is that we be, we've been very comfortable with the Father because we all understand fathers in relationships. Okay? Whether good or bad, whatever yours has been, we still understand fathers. As created beings, as creatures, we understand the aspect of, we understand sons. And we, and we understand that. But you get the Holy Ghost. That's why I chose to be Him. Because, and then you go, okay, that's crazy. And that's weird. And that makes me uncomfortable. And the Holy Ghost, yes, that's my job. Okay, but, but, but so we see, but, but then what we do, we go, well, we like the Father, we like the Son, we just don't like the Holy Ghost. I get that a lot personally, and God gets that a lot. Because people say, well, well you should be different, you should change, you, you, you shouldn't be like this, you shouldn't be like that. And that's what we say to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you can come to church, just don't say anything, do anything, or, or just sit over there and be quiet. We'll mention you. We will talk about you. We believe in you. Just be good. Because when you get up, you freak everybody out. Amen? Am I missing? How many know what I'm saying? And so people ask you, well, what kind of church do you go to? Just don't be afraid. Just say one of those. I go to, and and if anything else, say, I go to that church. Why? Where where we like all of God. And we especially like the crazy part of God. Amen? Because you can't divide God up. Because actually, come here, son. (laughs) We just one big one. And, And we don't divide. We are one. Amen? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Son. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now what? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Stay with me, because in a moment I have to go really fast. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. 
And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except... That's not possible. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ, Him crucified. The only message I have, the only thing I have to declare to you is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now when you declare who Jesus is and why He was crucified, then you have the Gospel. Jesus as the only begotten of the Father, sent to redeem fallen humanity in Himself back to Himself. Amen? To pay the price for our sins. Okay. And I was with you in what? Weakness and in fear and in much trembling and no confidence of my own. And my speech and my preaching were not with per- persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul said, when I came to you, I came in the demonstration of the Spirit, not in the subduing of the Spirit, not in the shelving of the Spirit, not in just talking about the Spirit, but in the manifestation of the Spirit and in power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Because the wisdom of man as the created can only think in created terms and created terms can never fully define the creator. So stay with me. And so Paul says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature in verse 6. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. A lot of times people, we've been kind of been talking about, about praying in the Spirit. Especially on Tuesday night, we're talking about prayer. That we have this invitation from God to pray in, by, with, and through the Holy Ghost. And so when I share with you about the Father on the throne and the Son seated at His right hand making intercession, and then the Holy Spirit praying through you, that He has an utterance that He gives you. Acts 2, 4, on the day of Pentecost, they all began to speak in languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. So it was an utterance that came out of your spirit, not out of their minds. Not out of their understanding, but out of their spirit. They prayed in, by, with, and through the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says that he that prays in an unknown tongue doesn't speak unto men, howbeit unto God he speaks mysteries. And so Paul says here, we're, we're speaking mystery. And so praying in the Spirit, we, we enter into that. And we speak the wisdom and mystery. Verse 8, none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Right there, that means as to create it. As you and I being created, when we want to understand who God is, and, and, and how he operates and his nature, his attribute, his self-existent being. When we want to understand that it is beyond your comprehension, you will never fully be able to understand. No matter how good we try to communicate to you how good God is, it will always come up short of how good God is. Now watch verse 10. But God has revealed, so we can't know them, but look at verse 10. But God has revealed them to us, how? 
through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all the things, yes, the deep things of God. And we read the last couple weeks you, John 16, the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will take everything that I have and He will declare it unto you. And part of what I'm trying to do is encourage you to enter a conscious relationship with the Holy Spirit. With God, by, in, and through His Spirit. That is how God has chosen to be with us. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? How many of you have ever had a friend that did something that you never expected them to do? You thought you knew them. You've known, and then they do something. I never, I, I never would have believed that was possible. I didn't think that was in them. And, and, and their character totally, and whatever they did totally surprised you. Because you, you, you know people, you only know about anybody what they open up and reveal to you. You know nothing. You don't know that I have a mole right there because I'm not showing you that. That's an unrevealed thing. Now, you know, I have one that you don't know what it looks like, though. So, so you have partial knowledge. You don't have complete knowledge. And that's too scary to do this Sunday morning anyway. <laughs> Amen. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, hear me, verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. How many know you don't have to be afraid of God? Let me ask you that. I hear people all the time, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit, I just get afraid. Wait, are you afraid of the Son? Are you afraid of the Father? It is the Spirit of God. I'm, well, okay. So what? The Spirit who is from God that we might know the thing. Everybody say no. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Sean was talking about it in the ark. If you knew how much God wanted to bless you because God wants to make himself known through you, God doesn't give you stuff so you can act like stupid, unregenerated people and just be lustful and have big appetite and consume it. He, he does things so through his blessing, you show his goodness to the world. He blesses you in abundance. And the more you bless, the more He bless. God is a flow. He is a river. And if I knew God, I wouldn't have small thoughts about any aspect of God. Are you with me? So look at the cover of your outline. All of humanity stands at the threshold of an amazing invitation from God to know Him. But it is more than just gaining knowledge or some understanding of some grand design by a benevolent Creator. It is the invitation to live with Him, in Him, and through Him, and to find our very life in Him. Father, in these next few moments, I pray that You would by Your Spirit, Holy Spirit, come in these next few moments. Open the eyes of our understanding to know You, to know the Father and the Son, and all that You would reveal of Yourself to us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Look at the next part of your line there. To find very life in Him. The help that every man needs begins with the right understanding of who God is. He is not the image that has been cast forth over the centuries of deluded human religion. 
where the creature has sought to define the Creator, thus barely making God to be greater than Himself. He is who He has declared Himself to be in His Word, revealed Himself to be in His Son, and manifest Himself to be through His Spirit. God says, I and my Word are one. I have declared myself through my Word. I have revealed myself through my Son. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the Father is revealed through the Son. And then He says, and I have manifested myself to you by my Spirit. Are you with me this morning? He is God Almighty, holy and righteous, creator of all things, who reveals himself to his creation. He is the God who is too great to be formed in the understanding of man's mind. God is too great. Let me help you this morning. If you're just coming after God with your head, if you have all your problems and all your questions, and you're trying to fit some, if you think, if I just get some knowledge of God, if I can just get some 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 in here, some thoughts in here about God, somehow that will fix out. God does not talk to your heads. He is too great to put knowledge in your head, which is why it says He's been revealed by His Spirit to our spirit. The only thing that contains, that is large enough to contain any of the knowledge of God is your spirit. Your mind cannot conceive Him. Paul just said, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart or the, or the soulish mind part of man. All that God has prepared. You can never think in large enough terms to even begin to think of God. You believe in God in your spirit. And the more you believe, the more it's overwhelming. And, and your brain keeps going, yeah. <laughs> and you like freak out and, 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 and you like it shuts down and you, you have to pray and reboot. Hello? And, and then God keeps showing, hey God, you just, and, and so all you're left with is God, you're amazing. And you start reading the psalm. Dave, look at look what David. When I, David said like psalm. When I consider the heavens, the moon and the stars that you create, and all, what is man? When, when I look at the expanse, and what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you created him, and then you give him dominion, and you give him authority. David's going, my brain hurt my heart explodes but my mind cannot come so i will approach you with my heart amen and, and, and when you come to god like that that's all i know when i got saved i said god i didn't try to to figure god out i've never tried to figure him out i said god just show me some more moses said it like this he said god i, I, I want to see you i want to know you and god kept showing him stuff and so moses would be up there for 40 days with god he's going oh and then finally moses go god i want to see you god says you can't get this you can't see me and live. No, you, you, if you saw me, what I am and who I am, by the nature of what I am and who I am, not by anything else, not by good, not by, just by the nature of me, if I went, it would consume you. Ser seriously. God says, I am a consuming fire. 
Which is why God showed a little bit to Moses when, when, he, when Moses turned aside. He says, wait a minute, I see a bush that is on fire but not consumed. Here's a bush that is on fire, but it's not being consumed. Now, we had a campfire, and everything we put in that fire was consumed. But Moses said, wait a minute, here's a bush that is on fire, but not consumed. And God speaks to Moses out of that manifestation of himself as a consuming fire, that is able to change the nature of something that could be and should be consumed, but is not consumed because he's changed its nature. And so for you and I, what God has done through Jesus Christ, he has said, for you and I right now, we can see God. He could show himself to because of the blood. The, the, the blood is your asbestos. The, the, the blood is your fireproof suit. You read Hebrews. Hebrews says that we can boldly come into his presence by virtue of the blood. He has made a new and a living way that we can come to the very throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 10. We come into the very presence of God, the living presence of God, and we are not consumed. We don't need a high priest to go behind the veil. We don't need anything. But in Hebrews 4, that we boldly come before the throne. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19, by virtue of the blood, he has made this new and living way, and we come in, and we find grace and we find help in that place and so we're not consumed because he's changed our nature let me just ask you how does he do that if you try to figure it out with your mind you don't get it if you believe it with your heart you embrace it say god change me my mind if every time i operate out of this i go sideways i'm like a ball in a ping pong machine i'm just racking up points that mean nothing Pinball's a crazy game. Ding, 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 ding. And you get all point. You don't even get a ticket to buy an ice cream. You get nothing. You just get to go ding, 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 ding. And the lights go. Ding, 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 ding. ding, ding, I mean, at least it's Chuck E. Cheese if you bowl the balls or do the stuff that spits out points and you can go buy a toy. But, but see, most of our life we're doing that. We're just bouncing like ping pong ball out of our head and we're going all, and we think we're racking up all these points, but we get nothing. Right. We're doing all right. We're just blings and lights and dings. Because God says, I'm changing your nature. I'm changing, so you can be in my presence. So when I try to come to God with my mind, it doesn't work. Stay with me. Watch this. He is the God who is too great to be formed in the understanding of man's mind. He can only be revealed into the depths of a man's heart. God can only be revealed to you. If you're here, my friend, today, and you don't have a knowing relationship with God, and you are struggling in your mind trying to figure this out, that's because God is not talking to your mind. You're trying to get something that He's putting in your spirit up here and run it around and make it fit and make it blend. God doesn't even ask you to do that. He says, let me change you, and I will totally transform you by renewing your mind. This amazing thing happens is God reveals Himself to us us and somehow out from here it begins to come up and my mind finally begins to think with clarity 
I'm renewed. And I'm no longer being conformed to this world, shaped and molded by the thought process of the world. In fact, the more that I'm listening from here and being changed from my heart up to my mind, the dumber the world looks. Amen. I mean, you know, John and I, we, we, we're in, in Dana and the kids, we're, we're camping, too, and so we're there. And right across from us is a bunch of people. And they had like four campsites. We were surrounded by, by, by hostiles. <laughs> and they had four campsites all around us. And, and they just were loud from sunlight till way dark. <laughs> and, it just, and, just, and masses of them. And, and we went up there just to enjoy our family, sit by our fire, talk about God. Joy creation. In the back, we got Willie and Waylon and the boys. <laughs> Blaring. And then they would go to digital beat music. And then back to Willie and Waylon and the boys. And then into, you know, whatever. In the 80s rock. And, stuff. and so we're like, uh, and then my mind, I'm singing along. <laughs> I go, wait a minute. So, and, and, and little Jake going, Deb, put on some mood music, something other than that. So then we had, we had to turn on Christian music. In order to, but, but see, in that, you can get frustrated, and you can look at that, and then they're all over there, and they got booze lined up all over the place. They're all drinking, carrying on, having a great time. So, and the kids are all running wild. Nobody knows what's going on. And all the kids are watching their parents act like they have no intelligence at all. And so naturally, in my, in my nature, I could get upset, and I did get upset because like at 12.30 as I'm laying in my bed, and they're across, I finally said, hey! <laughs> A little louder than that, though. <laughs> and uh, so the night, because that was the last night, that was Friday, and so the night before, I walked over nicely. I said, Hi. It's 11 o'clock. Oh, hi. How you doing? Oh, good. How are you doing? I said, not well. I said, you guys are having a great time. I can hear it all the way over there. I love it. It's awesome. He goes, are we being too loud? I said, no, you're not too loud. There's just too many of you. I said, I'm just here with my, my wife and my son and our grandkids. We're just trying to have some family time, and you guys are like wrecking it. Yeah. Okay. So they were. So I thought the next night they would have remembered that I was, but they didn't. And so yeah, I would have. But 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 see. But then you can think. Wait a minute. Why are they acting like that? Be- because they've been conformed by this world. So I, I'm, I'm saying I'm not picking up. I'm just. And, and so here's what you. You can get so mad at the world, but that's what the world does. They're, they're, they're law. They're doing what lost people do. They have no hope. They have no other reason to live. And so then you get mad at that. And that's exactly why Jesus came. So then in your anger, you wouldn't even have the compassion to witness to them because you're too mad at them to love them. And so unless God does something to you, you will have righteous indignation and you will have anger and, and, and you'll motivate out of that. And I had it because I got up. I'm an early riser. I woke up at 5 the next morning and it was everything that I had to restrain in me because I wanted to take a pot and a, and, and a thing and walk right over there and go, Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! 
That's the way I roll. And the Holy Ghost says, I don't quite roll like that. So I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. Amen? How many of you had that same camping experience? Hey, but we're, con- see, there's people conform, but God does something where he changes us. He changes us. And, and, and then, and, and it's not so you run away from that. Because we go, oh man, I, I'm never camped like that. I'm going to go like that again. Wh- what if we prayed? And so God, open the door for me to say something to somebody. Let me, because bottom line is, here's, here, wait, we forget sometimes. If they perish without knowing him, they will spend eternity separated from God. And what you know about God, and, and you take so special, and you hold on to so special, they know nothing about it. And for us, it's kind of like where we want to do the Christian club. We want to isolate ourselves from the world. The only, the only place where you're told to isolate from anybody in Christianity is Christians who aren't being real Christians or being labeled Christian, but still living like fallen sinners. Paul says if, in 2 Corinthians, if anybody calls himself a brother and is still doing fallen stuff, is a reveler, is a drunkard, is a carouser, is a fornicator, is an adulterer, is covetous, is a liar, is a gossiper, but calls himself a Christian. He says, then don't eat with that person, don't even have fellowship with that person. Oh. But that's the way we treat the world. But he says, I'm not talking about going out, I'm not talking about the world. He says, I'm talking about in the church. Oh, we got it backwards. Because we're loving the people in the church that are acting like that, but we're condemning the world. And Paul says, if I I told you to separate, you would have to go out of the world. But let me know, the Bible doesn't tell us to come out of the world except to not be tainted by them, not to be conformed by them. But then we go out and we're supposed to be salt and light to them. Amen? Is this okay this morning? All right, so stay, look at the inside. I have to close. We will have to finish this next week. But I want to give you this. I truly believe that we are living in a moment right now in the earth when God by His Spirit is willing to once again reveal the fullness of who He is to those who would seek Him. His ability to be to us, the God who helps is being held hostage by the limitation of our knowledge of who He really is. Hear me this morning. For God to be able to help, the limitation of our knowledge of who He is keeps Him from helping. Because we have ideas about God that are not who He is. Stay with me. This great God cannot be imagined. He cannot be formed in the recesses of our minds or shaped through the creativity of our imagination. He cannot be defined by our intellect or explained through our reasoning. He must be revealed to the seeking heart by faith. You cannot form God in your mind. You can only receive Him in your heart. The Bible doesn't ask you to understand the Lord. It says to believe on the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ.
I don't understand why. why do I, no, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because He is greater than the mind can comprehend. Because if we insist upon trying to imagine Him, we end up with an idol. Made not with hands, but shaped with our thoughts. I have people tell me, yeah, but I think God. Okay, that's your problem right there. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I think God. Yeah, but I think God. That statement, I think God is I think God does, I, I think God this, I think God, whatever you put after I think God is what you formed in your mind, not what you believe in your heart, and not what He's revealed. And you formed it, stay with me, and we create this idol made by our thought. And because an idol of the mind is as offensive to God, as an idol form with our hands. Why? Both are lifeless and both are powerless. God would mock the gods of the world, Israel. He'd say, go to their gods. Isn't it cool? Watch it. Anything man forms and calls it a God or thought that he has about God, when God truly comes into his presence, I love it. When the Philistines took the ark and took it back and put it in their temple in front of the Dagon, the God, it's like a big fish with a head and stuff and like that. And, and, and then they go back in the next morning and he falls down. Anytime your God falls down in the presence of the one true God, he's having a bad God day. <laughs> if your God can't stand in the presence of the one, Jesus said the one, true, we read it in John, the one true God. Nothing now. And, and eternal life is knowing him. And knowing him is not confined to I think God. Are you with me this morning? It's not confined to that. While we were in my devotional time while we were camping, I wrote this down on, Wednesday, on Thursday morning. He is the God who is greater. When it comes to our understanding of God, His character and nature, the best we can do is speak in indefinite terms and await the revelation of the holy. For man cannot know God out of the understanding or investigation of his mind. Only from the revelation that comes from God to his spirit within him. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul said. That God reveals himself to us by his spirit. When God reveals himself to man in words, he declares he is like something. God appeared to Israel like a look. They said, well, that's a cloud of, uh, of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. But how many know that's not God? That, that, that's what he looked like. It was in something created that you could see that we could understand. When he came on the day of Pentecost, they heard something that sounded like a rushing mighty wind and then something that looked like cloven tongues of fire. So then we take the things that he appears like and we think that if we could see that likeness again, we would really have the presence of God. But but that was just God showing a created being in a created realm what the uncreated is like in some form that he can, on a level that he can comprehend. But God says, I am not that low. I am not like anything. Stay with me. He is like something that we can in a small way compare him to. But when we make the comparison, the whole of who he is, we at that moment diminish God and cheat ourselves. When God truly defines himself, Bill, if you come back to the keyboard, if the worst of him comes back. When God truly defines himself, he does so by saying, 
This is how God defines himself. The burning bush, God says to the voice, Who shall I tell them sent me? You're the voice speaking out. You're saying, you, you said, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of your father. And, 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 and then Moses, well, you want me to go to Pharaoh? Who do I tell them? And the people, who do I tell them? You tell them, I am that I am. Now, what is that like? Okay, what's that like? Nothing. And you got to believe that I am, that I am, who is like nothing that you can come, who gave no definition of himself. Here, you want to know who I am? I am. Yeah, but where do you live? I am. How do you do how, how do you, who, come on, help. You don't need no help. Just believe I am that I am. Just believe I am that I am. And I will do anything I say I will do. And Moses had to take I am at his word and nothing else. And when you and I can come to God and you can take him I am at his word, life changes. You enter into what's called real faith. Are you with me this morning? Living for God. Let me finish this right here. Which declares there is nothing or no one to compare him to. If we have an image, idea, concept, or belief in him smaller than that. When you think, if you say, I think God. Usually, I think God is a rationale that we have as an excuse for my behavior and holding on to something that I don't want to change. So I have a thought about God that endorses what I want to do out of my flesh and hold on to the thing that Jesus died on the cross to deliver me from. So I think God condones what I'm doing. We're doing okay. Now what? If I have that idea or belief in him smaller than that, then we have missed who he is. Man and the earth were created by God and formed with purpose. The earth was formed by God to be the place where man would live and know God. Man would live by knowing, not learning. Jesus said it like this. He said, come and learn. We didn't get to some of these. But come and learn of me. When you go to learn of him, he's not like anything you know. People, the, the people, they, they couldn't even comprehend. You're doing everything different. You're not like anything we've ever heard. Who is it? We've never heard anything like this. And listen what happened. That the scribes and the Pharisees and religion of the day had shrunk God down to God didn't do anything anymore. That's where we live today. God does nothing. I was sharing with Sean, I was reading A.W. Tozer's book on knowledge of the holy. And he said, this is what we've done. We've shrunken God down lower. Come on. We, our kids think that Thor has more power than God. That superheroes. At least Greek mythology, their gods had power. We're doing all right. But today, we've reasoned God down to a powerless God. To we live by natural resources. We have an image of God, an intellect about God, but we don't know Him. The bottom of your page on the inside, I ask the question, where do we go? This is all I know.
There's only one way to know God. There's only one way to come to know God. From the beginning of God's plan of redemption, the invitation to know God came with the invitation to approach Him at an altar. Some of us that are in here that have been saved over 20 years remember what altars were in church. And we remember why they were there. I came from a church that had altars and the altar was the main thing. The, the whole point of the service was the altar call. And it was to get people to a place where they would approach God and allow Him to reveal Himself to Him. So when we came for you, we had pews. I said, no matter what we do, we're going to put altars. We've had altars. And now we, we, we remove altars for steps. Which is okay. As long as you don't give up the altar because it changed its form or its design. It's, it's, it's not in that. It's in the invitation. Because God says, I invite you to come to an altar to meet me. Anything laid upon an altar is consumed. Look at it in your outline. Let me just finish. Watch, watch, watch. What happens there? Watch this. Every sacrifice laid upon an altar was consumed. And see, today we have style but no substance. Too many are being touched but not transformed. There's only one place where life is transformed by God, and that's upon the altar. It's a place where the God who helps consumes all that hinders by the fire of His presence and restores all that is broken through grace and mercy, and we are raised by faith from the ashes. So this morning, I asked Him just to play this song one more time. Here in your presence. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. If you have a knowledge of the holy. That is smaller than. And you have faith that is less than. I am that I am. And when it comes when you read the word. And you go God how could you do that? How could I believe to be healed? Here's the word, here's the word of knowledge for this morning. T Teresa had these, these earrings right here. Watch it. If you're here today. If you have a hip problem. Muscle weaknesses. Diagnosis in, in this area. Uh, in the autoimmune disease. So you have a hip problem. Any muscle weakness. Uh, you've been diagnosed with autoimmune disease. Problem with eyes and cataract. A left shoulder and, and a rotator cup tear. You have a legal problem. These wisdom for direction. If those things are for you. If God could give a word of wisdom of a situation of your life. If he could speak to some, And you in this room just identified with one of those areas. And you don't have a faith in I am that I am. If you're going, well, how would he do that? How, who cares how he does it? He said, there, there, there's this area here and this area here and this area here. And if you will move to me, I will do through you what you need. I am the God who has. But if you approach with your head and you never receive with your heart, then you stay where you are. And then you'll, God, what, when do you help? How do you do it? But then if you're just hungry. For me, I've lived all these years. Say, God, I want to know you. And now after being here 25 years after doing this for 33 years I'm going God I don't even have a glimpse or an understanding I feel so empty so shallow in who I know that you are God let me know you I just want to know you I just 
want to know. And so I begin to understand a little bit. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, he came to the place. He says, hey, I would count everything as loss if I could know him. And the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. You and I to even wrap our mind of Jesus coming to life after death. But God, there's power that does that. And you are saved by power. And Paul said this here in Romans 8. He said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken Give life to your mortal body. If the eternal, all-living, all-powerful spirit lives in, he will give life to your mortal body. As they sing, maybe today, a moment at an altar to say, God, help me. I love the man who brought his son and said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Tozer said, if I, if, I, if I ask for proof, then it declares I have doubt. If I'm satisfied with my answer, then it makes faith superfluous, of no meaning. As they sing, God speaks to you. Find a place at this altar this morning. Thank you, Father. We love you. Lord, we want to know You. God, in a deeper way, in a greater way. Father, there might be one here today that doesn't know You. Let them come. God, You invite us to this place. You invite us to this place. Yes. Suddenly wiped away. Yes, Lord. Here in your presence, oh God, your presence, all of my days now fade away. It's no longer on display. Oh, your presence, Father, in your presence. Heaven is standing in of your one. Oh yes, you're wonderful God. Yes, you are. Amazing. You're in your presence. We are undone. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Heaven and earth become one Here in your presence Yes, all things 